Hello, and welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. I'm Gib Gerard, and our guest this week is none other than Shashin Shah, author of the new book, The Kid and the King, The Hidden Inner Struggle, High Achievers Must Conquer to Reignite and Reengage with Life. And folks, we are going to talk about some great stuff. So, uh, so you know, tune in, uh, drop out, whatever the, the the thing was, the Timothy Leary thing. Uh, we are gonna we are gonna get into exactly what it is about your uh, about about your brain uh, that 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 gets in the way of your high achievement, that gets in the way of enjoying high achievement. All of the things that stand between you and the life that you actually want, we are going to begin to break those things down. Uh, Shashin is a very accomplished consultant, among other things. So he really has some great insight into how we can begin to unpack what he calls, what a lot of people call, the monkey mind and how we begin to unpack self-sabotage and how we begin to you know, become the best version of ourselves. So I'm very excited to bring this to you. I hope you guys are are too. Uh, again, you know, thank you guys for listening. And uh, most importantly, uh, here is my interview with Shashin Shah. Shashin Shah, um, you've got multiple... Uh, uh, adages and, and accolades, but you're uh, an executive coach, a consultant, and most importantly, author of the new book, The Kid and the King, The Hidden Inner Struggle High Achievers Must Conquer to Reignite and Reengage with Life. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. We're really looking forward to talking to you. It's so great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so let's dive right into to some of the stuff that you are, are saying uh, in, in your book. You know, you, you talk about how uh, people get triggered really easily, how, how we lose our minds, uh, how we, how we struggle to engage with the, you know, prefrontal cortex of our brain and, and what that does and, and, and how we can turn that back on to become high achievers. So, uh, take us through why things get under our skin and how we can re-engage with the world. Yeah. So just to give it some context, you know, I've had, you know, uh, the good fortune of, you know, living a fairly privileged life and being surrounded by some incredibly bright, talented, um, educated people that had, you know, reached the highest levels, you know, in, in business and in, in their careers. And, you know, I, I started looking around and myself included in that list and, you know, noticing, you know, it's funny, right? We, we, we end up coaching and teaching what we need the most right. practicing, right. right? So what did I come up with? The emotional mastery process. What was that <laughs> about? Right. Well, I just started looking around and thinking to myself like, wow, you know, God, these people for having so much and for, you know, just being so successful, they're, they're getting kind of ticked off pretty quickly and they're putting these walls up and barriers and they seem to be living these kind of lonely existences that mm. look really good. What's the deal with all these triggers? Why, why is everyone taking everything so personally, getting upset and what's happening? Like why the book could have been called, you know, why do really smart people do dumb things? Why is it that <laughs> I know that if I say that right now to my spouse, it's about to go off a cliff and I know there's no coming back. And yet I can watch those words like start to form and just coming out of my mouth and I'm going, no, don't say mm -hmm. that. And I still do it. Right. So right. you see red and you can't help it. Yeah, you can't help it. So that's really what the basis of the the book was. It was to just take a look at, well, well, what's going on here? Why are 
people that are so incredibly bright getting tripped on some of these things. So that's the idea. And I broke it down in a framework that I find to be really helpful on a couple of different levels. One on a practical level, just to slow it down and understand what's happening. And then secondly, really to allow that to open a doorway into understanding why it is that we keep getting triggered. As my mentor said to me, he's like, Shashin, you're not that interesting, really. It's like, it's the same stuff. It's the same people. It's the same tonality. It's the same words and phrases. It's the same kinds of things and mm. circumstances mm. that seem to be tripping you up. So what's going on? So let's just take a practical look at it to start, and we can kind of go from there. And so I broke down the emotional mastery process into the acronym OCEAN. And, you know, it, it just all seemed to work, right? In a sea of emotions, you know, remember ocean, right? And so if, if we want to really take a, it, it, you, the way you would use it would be more of like a post-mortem, right? So, oh gosh, something just happened. I'm triggered. I'm like going, oh, I didn't handle that really well. Well, what happened? So you break it down to the ocean, right? So O stands for what did I observe? Mm. What did I observe? So I want to, I want to really look at this from like a lawyer standpoint, right? Like just the facts, you know, no interpretation, right. sir. What did you observe? He walked in and then what did he say? And then what happened next, right? No embellishments, no interpretations. That distinct from C, what did I conclude about what I observed? And mm. you're a skier too. I learned this the first time I was teaching skiing in, in the early days, in the 90s, I was in a class and teaching a class and I observed somebody, you know, basically going into a tree and, you know, when... I, you know, I had never filled out an incident report before, but I was a witness. And, mm. you know, when millions of dollars are at stake, boy, oh boy, when you fill out that incident report, you better be accurate. Right. And so, you know, I'm like, oh, I just saw some guy who's wearing you no know, camo and it looked like he didn't know what he was doing. He was skiing really fast. Like, Shashin, how do you know any of that? How do you know any of that? Like, no, what, what did you observe? And it was really clear. They wanted just the facts. I saw a man skiing at a, you know, skiing down. And he didn't make a turn and he went into a tree. That's what I observed. I didn't, I didn't, couldn't tell anything else about mm. it. He was a beginner. He was young. He was this, he was that. Nothing, no embellishment, just straight up. So that's the O, the C, what did I conclude? So this is where I think the greatest opportunity for all of us as human beings to look at is, well, I concluded that blank. She's mad at me. He's mad at me. Well, he was really disrespectful. You know, I can't believe, right? So all of these conclusions mm. that we make about observable facts, another way of looking at it is like, you know, in an office, if it's 60 degrees, it's 60 degrees. Now, if I live in Telluride and I walk into a 60 degree office, I'm like, yeah, hey, it's pretty good. I like mm -hmm, this temperature. Mm -hmm. If I came in from Florida or in LA and I walked into that office, I'm like, man, you know, I said, we got a sweater, man. It's a little chilly in here. So mm -hmm. what we can conclude about observable objective data is now opening up a doorway into how we got conditioned to conclude what we conclude about things. And the funny thing about our conclusions is that we all treat our conclusions as if that's the truth, capital T. Mm -hmm. And so from that conclusion, the E is, 
Well, from that conclusion, I have an emotional reaction to that. There's an emotional state that comes with that conclusion. So if I concluded, oh, this was disrespectful, like how dare he do that? Or, oh, God, he's really mad or she's really mad. Well, I might get defensive or I might get angry or I might get totally, you know, lose my mind, get, as they say, hijacked by my conclusion that I had about the subjective data. Mm. Then we go to A, well, what action did I take or what didn't I do? And so now we look at, well, gosh, my action actually was derived from this conclusion that led to this emotion that now made me act or not act, put my tail between my legs, have an outburst, whatever it might be. And then the N is really an examination of, well, did that action move me closer to or farther away from my intended outcome? Mm -hmm. And then typically when we get to that spot, when we look at it, you know, after the fact, it's like, well, what was my outcome in the first place? Well, gosh, I didn't have one really. Typically, if we're getting reactive, we basically have an expectation that wasn't met. And so now suddenly we enter this world of, well, if I'm continuing to get reactive and now suddenly end up in a compromised place where I'm not actually thinking clearly or I'm triggered or emotional, mm -hmm. well, then the actions that I'm taking are not going to be the best possible action for me who's trying to go into this world and create things and be somebody better than I was, right? So right. that's where the opportunity is, is to break it down in that framework so we can get to discover something new about ourselves. So, okay, so um, it was a lot, a lot to unpack there. I do love the the use of ocean, which I think is a, is a very um, appropriate, uh, uh, what is it, acronym for this for this situation. Like, I, I yeah. like that. Um, uh, and I, I know that, you know, the, the beginning of that, observe, observe the facts, uh, uh, which is, you know, Sergeant Joe Friday from Dragnet. Uh, just, yeah. Just the facts, right. ma'am. Just the facts, ma'am. Yep. Um, but you go back, that, that's a, a, a known technique for people who suffer from anxiety. Uh, which is like that that overdrive brain where you you look around the room and you just name things right. in order to get out of that that ruminative part of your brain. Um, and, and so one, I, I want to talk about kind of two things that come from ocean. So first, I want to talk about how you laid out this plan and like where where some of these ideas came from. And then two, I want to talk about how this applies to achievement. So um Let's yeah. because I you know I want I want to I want to unpack why why high achievers in your observation have have struggled with this and, and how we can then use this in order to be our best version of ourselves. But first, I want to talk about where you got these steps, uh, what they're what they're based on, and and how you've observed it play out with with the people that you consult. Yeah. So there was a lot of different modalities, you know, so, you know, a lot of therapy as a kid. Right. And so, again, dealing with my anxiety, dealing with some of those issues as a young kid was taught these basic concepts of like there was a distinction between this idea of what did I observe, you know, and what did I conclude? And so a lot of that came from very a very young age. And so much of, you know, I think what I studied in philosophy at Colgate and just, you know, being in. Uh, in a personal inquiry around why I was reacting to things in the way I was reacting. Why was I getting so triggered? Why was, you know, alcohol becoming such a issue in my life? Why mm -hmm. were, you know, the wanting to numb and wanting to just, just 
just not experience or feel things, where did that come from? So I went on a self-study and everything from, you know, doing uh, stuff with Werner Earhart and the Landmark Group and dealing with, you know, the Hoffman people and at the Hoffman process and, um, you know, Byron Katie's work. And there's just an amalgamation of a lot of different modalities in my own spiritual practices, a lot of the Eastern Indian studies as a young kid and Jay Krishnamurti. There's a lot of influences that have come into this framework that, you know, my goal was to make it as simple as I possibly could for myself so that I could actually, you know, kind of get a hold of it. And, Mm. you know, in terms of, you know, the second part of your question about the high achievers, really this idea of the kid and the king was, you know, kind of this made up kind of uh, metaphor that was the only way that I could explain why it was that there was this part of me that in spite of my best efforts, my king self, this, you know, my sincere desire to be a grown up in the world that would, you know, whatever, procrastinate, self-sabotage, you know, just just act in ways that were not consistent with who I said I was, my education level and all of that. right? Right. There was this confusion. So when we talk about the hidden inner struggle, what I'm referring to is this confusion in this duality between one part of us, on one hand, that acts like a 10-year-old that comes out under certain situations, also known as triggers, right? Mm-hmm. And this other part of ourselves that knows how knows how to go out there and kick butt, take names, and just get things done. And so that's the biggest thing. And I love, like, the better how, for me, looks like I was you know, just pounded by this notion of get a coach, get help, get therapy. You can overcome, you can conquer, you can, you can fix this. You can, you know, you can trans, you can just beat this thing, Shashin. Mm. And what I realized is that there's no, in my opinion, in my version of the world, there's no getting rid of that side of our personality. It's this duality that exists and no matter how hard I try to crush and conquer it, it comes back with vengeance. And now here's the confusion, I think, that the high achieving clients, myself, all of us I think are dealing with, is that the challenge is, is that hard work, that discipline, that, that, that I'm gonna crush it, works. It will help you lose the weight. It will get Mm. you to that next pay raise. It will get the report done. It will get your presentation. It'll build websites. It'll build buildings. It'll create careers for you. Sure. But the the unintended consequence of pushing and suppressing that part of our psyche down ends up coming back in ways that we don't anticipate and we sometimes just let wash over and just say, well, you know, I'm just got my head down. I'm working really hard. I'm just trying to get there. When I, when people find me, they've already ran up the ladder. They rung the bell Mm. and they're looking around going, well, gosh, I thought it was going to be different by the time I got here. And so, you know, I feel like I've had this really privileged lens into the world of some of the most successful people. And, 
you know, this book was my attempt to just share that, like, look, go after your dreams, go sure. after all that stuff, but just don't forget this other side of the coin and develop some emotional mastery, understand that how you are today as an adult is being affected by all of those experiences when you were younger. And even though you've done work and sat on the therapist chair and done all of these different modalities that you may have done, it's still going to be there. So rather than trying to pretend it's not there or that I'm quote unquote over it now, or I've done the work, or I've you know transcended it, the point is, is to just become so familiar with it that you know when it's coming. Right. I know when I walk into a room and there's someone better looking or more powerful or has more influence or has a better story or has a better whatever. Mm -hmm. I know what's predictable is that little insecure kid's going to come back in there and is going to want to overcompensate and outperform and try to show myself up and, you know, puff my chest and put my peacock feathers up in the air to just, you know, be there because I'm terrified or a lot of other people will literally feel less than and they won't feel included. And we, we you start getting into this and you you start to realize that this game that we're playing with ourselves, this overcompensation game, right. is an unsustainable way of living. It's exhausting. Right. It's just simply exhausting. And so that's the idea, is to stop trying to fight with that part of you. Just come to grips with it. Understand that that's what's gonna happen. And in that moment, realize, oh yeah, there you are, little Bobby. I call my little kid Bobby. Of course, Bobby, I got this one. Let's see, we got this. I don't have to be bigger than life and I don't mm -hmm. have to have my tail between my legs, right? In between Shashin the Great and Shashin the Horrible is <laughs> Shashin, right? And I get to just be that guy. Right. And that's a really nice freeing place to be in life. Let me, let me ask you this. I, I think you've, you sort of alluded to this, but I want to be explicit. You Please. Know, the kid is the part of you that is the emotionally reactive part and the king is, the, is that sort of... Um, for lack of a better word, the Stuart Smalley but uh, meets Gordon Gecko version of yourself, which is <laughs> I, I can do this, I will conquer this, I will, you know, I can take. So those are the two versions, and you're trying to lean into the bold king version while while dealing with the kid at the same time. Am I, am I kind of su summarizing the the metaphor of the title properly there? Yeah, and I would I would just I would I'd tweak it a little bit, and I would think of more. And and again, just you if you're if you're if you're a woman out there, a queen. Is it, this book is just as much for men as women, and I would think about the king or the queen, this higher version of ourselves, not even the conqueror. It's more like, think about like you know ease and grace. Like it's it's the it's the like the you know I'm just not reacting to stuff. I don't have I've got nothing to prove. I just go out there and I get things done as I need to. You know if you look at animal behavior, right? The big the 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 head of the pack, right, is typically very very calm, very mm -hmm. very cool, mm -hmm. very very collected. They don't make a move unless they really have to. They got not they're not they're not, you know horses, right? The the stallion just kind of just kicks back and watches it all happen. The young little geldings will run around and kick and snort and snardle and they'll just be putting on a show. And so the idea is like just to, to really 
come to a place of emotional maturity where the need to prove, to put those peacock feathers up, to do all of this overcompensation behavior is gone. It's, it's, it's calm, cool, collected. You know, these are not the droids I'm looking for. It's, <laughs> it's the Tai Chi versus this, you know, kickboxing, like, you know, pummeling through life. It's the, it's the Yoda, it's the matrix of life rather than this, you know, tear apart the world and get there. And that's the hardest part that I have to confront with my clients is that so many of them have gotten to where they are with blunt force trauma. Sure. They've just gone out there and kicked and crushed it. And hey, who am I to say, don't do that anymore? And I don't actually say, don't do that anymore. But it's like, let's figure out are there and let's find out where the limits are of that you know why is it that people you know i don't know you're kind of alone you're kind of misunderstood people don't really get you you know your relationships are transactional they're not emotional intimacy is non-existent your right. relationship with your kids your wife your spouse your husband whatever it's just it there's there's something missing well, in you can't, that in your experience. relationship with your with your spouse and your children. You can't use the blunt force method. Right. You can't That's just right. grind on it like that. It, it doesn't it doesn't work that way. There's nuance yeah. and subtlety and connection that has to be a part of it. That's right. And so yeah. So I would say the king and the queen in the book in the context of the book is 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 grace. It's ease. It's it's, it's you know it's it's just you're kind of cruising through in a really nice way. And when you need to pull out a hammer. You know, you have one ready, but you know, for for if you if you're if you're the king of the pack, it's like you don't really need to pull it out all that often. You don't have to be putting on a show every single day. You know, you can just kind of go through life and be outcome driven. Is this action consistent with the outcomes that I've created for myself? Right. And that becomes a discovery of like, well, what do I want? Why do I want that? And what am I willing to do to get it? And so that's really what it's about. So end the battle. End the battle. Um, I, I do want to talk in a minute about how to figure out how, um, how to you know orient yourself this way in, in a second. But but first, I, I want to you've you've alluded to this notion that you can't fully get rid of the kid, that that emotional part of you will be triggered by any number of stimuli, and, and ocean is a great way to figuring out yeah. where, where that's coming from. Yeah. Uh, but if we can't get rid of the kid, does the kid? Uh, does that emotional reactive version of ourselves, does it serve some sort of purpose? Is there a benefit to understanding the kid and using the kid properly? You know, it's a really great question. I'm glad you, so I'm glad you asked that. I'm going to answer it this way. I would say that, is there a useful part of it? The first step that I'll take that I've had to come to grips with for myself, let's just, just use myself as the example, you know, what is procrastination? What is right. anger? What is judgment? What does that do for me? Well, it protects me in some way. It takes me off the hook. If I'm out there kind of in this mentality of like, well, they're that way and they're that way. And well, I, you know, hedged my bet. I didn't do as, I didn't, I didn't prepare as well as I thought I was going to. And I, you know, I just didn't, you know, well, ultimately it's abdicating responsibility for my own life. So there is a purpose there. Okay. So there is something there that is, you know, in, in, um, neurolinguistic programming, what they say is, is that, you know, anything, any action that we're taking ultimately has positive intent. So these negative attributes that we have about ourselves do have positive intent. Now, 
when I say that there's no getting rid of that kid, like I'm, I want to just like I, I, it's my attempt to swing the pendulum in the other direction because it's an unpopular marketing tactic to say, you know, welcome to the rest of your life. But like it's not going anywhere. You're going to be dealing with this right. with the rest of your life. I'd rather hear that I'm going to have some incredible transformational experience and I'll never do this again. And I've gone through the medicinal plants and the workshops and the retreats and silence and, you know, Chiang Mai for 10 days and the dark and, you know, all of it with the hope. I want to believe that after I do that, I'm good. I won't have to deal with that insecurity. I won't have to deal with like driving up to this party and feeling like I don't belong or feeling like an imposter or feeling, you know, less than or less, you know, look at my bank account. I'm like, well, they have more money than I do. And my car is not good enough. And my, I mean, it's just endless cycle. And so if the presumption is that somehow working with me or working with anybody or doing this course is going to get rid of that, I think that's just the pathway to unhappiness. So the antidote, the better in this way for me is according to my worldview is to just come to grips with like, yeah, there's just this little tiny child that's going to be acting out all the time and it's just going to be doing its thing. And it, and if you have any doubt about it, just sit down for 10 minutes and listen to your <laughs> yeah, head. Yeah. Just sit quietly yeah. in meditation and listen to what goes on in your right. head. I mean, someone said to me, like, listen, if I had a loudspeaker on my head, they'd probably lock me up. Right, right, what right. What goes on in there, right? So. So how do we become this, you know, in Buddhism, the non-judgmental observer of this incessant chatter, the monkey mind and all of that? And and just now, instead of trying to get rid of it, just say, let me just familiarize myself right. with this. This is not even that complicated. And like, as my mentor, it's not even that interesting, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, like, so what? To your point, I mean, just if you just try any kind of, you know, uh, mindfulness practice and see how hard it is to just sit quietly and focus on your breath for 10 minutes you'll you'll get a real sense of oh yeah this is not going away this is a part of who i am i need i i need to deal with it um so i want to take a quick break when we come back i want to uh i want to talk about uh, uh you know one the complexities of of understanding the kid but also how to begin to use this roadmap of emotional mastery, your emotional mastery process to uh, find our roadmap to success, to, to figure out what it is we actually want without the kid getting in the way and, and how to use this to stay on that road. So don't miss this. We're coming back with Shashin Shah. Shashin, before the break, you know, we were, we were talking about the, the, the monkey mind, this idea that, you know, we'll never get rid of the kid will never get rid of the emotional wag on our t- on our the, of, uh, the of the tail wagging our dog so to speak uh but that you know we need to accept that it's there understand it and be able to process and go forward with that um i mean you you know you, you alluded to this uh you call uh, you know, the different spiritual practices and how that none of them really involve eliminating it but merely accepting emotionlessly observing it um, and, and with that little bit of separation, are there are there any tricks to getting that that separation going uh, in, in, when when we're a little overwhelmed? Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, here's the thing. It's it. You know, the, no one wants to hear this, but it, it's hard work. There's no fix. There's no pill. I mean, I guess there are pills out there nowadays. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, but the, it, this takes work and it takes practice. And if you're up for it. 
you know, what there is to do is to really take yourself on, you know, as like, listen, you know, people who find me are successful people and why they are successful, I will argue is that what they, you know, if you're a hairdresser, what you see is patterns in hair and you can figure out hair. People in, you know, financial markets see patterns in financial markets. People in real estate, you know, understand markets in real estate, right? People understand patterns. So the first job is to take yourself on as a pattern and recognize the fact that in the event you experience a contrasting emotional state, one that is not desirable, one that is leaving you disempowered, one that may be sucking the oxygen out of the room for you, well, good. So the mnemonic I came up with is like you just ID that emotional state. And the I stands for intensity and the D stands for duration. So ask yourself in that moment, because the moment you can actually become the observer of yourself in that place, you can just say, well, how intensely would I like to experience this? And for how long? That's at least step number one, where you can just take a moment to just say, oh, wow, this is an experience then you can actually then take the next step and act, say to yourself, well, what am I observing right now? What, what, what did I observe? What is going on here? What am I concluding? Why am I feeling like, oh, no one likes me or, or God, they must be mad at me or, mm-hmm. or gosh, I don't know if they're going to accept my screenplay or whatever it might be. Why am I concluding? Why? What is that? Where is that coming from? And is that true? Byron Katie, I love her work. And she's, you know, she asked this question. And this is where I think if you really want to take this on, you journal out these thoughts and mm-hmm. you write them mm-hmm. down so they don't exist in your brain and do repeat loops and backflips yeah. in your brain as if you're thinking about it like it makes a difference. But actually write them down and just say, is this true? I mean, I participate in these illusions, as Carolyn Meese talks about, or these hallucinations about how the world is, and it's automatic. It's just like it's just there. Mm -hmm. And so the goal is to gain some facility in recognizing that I'm in a state right now where there's not a whole lot of oxygen. And the oxygen mass that I get to put back on my face is just simply asking that question. How intensely do I want to experience this and for how long? And then the ocean framework gives me something to work with where I can now see that my emotional state right now, the fact that I can't breathe right now, I'm so furious right now, is based on a conclusion about something most likely I'm making up or having an extreme exaggeration of it, and then suddenly we can start pumping some oxygen and then right. say, like, well, what else could I have concluded about that? They cut me off. They're adri- well, maybe they are on their way to the emergency room. I don't know. But just in that simple example, sure. you can see the difference between being in a resourceful, healthy, connected place or a completely disconnected place. Right. And I think, you know, uh, kind of looping back on the purpose of the kid, I think you can if you can get to the place that you're talking about where you are the disimpassioned observer uh, who is able to just look at that situation and, and do the ID. You know, how long do I want this to last, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. If you can get there, then you can begin to unpack why 
Why That's was right. this thing triggering for me? That's and right. then if you can unpack why it was triggering for you, you can start to begin to understand your weaknesses better and then begin to improve yourself and um, and expand your impact on the world by understanding those, that damage, that uh, those trigger points a little bit better. Why, why is that a sensitive area for me? Why does seeing yes. somebody who makes more money than me make yes. me feel either like I want to get aggressive or I want to dissociate? Um, yeah. You know, fi- a fly- why does it start to get me into the flight, uh, fight, or freeze worldview mentality? And uh, and then, yeah, and, and then how can I begin to make myself better so that that doesn't, uh, why, you know, that that doesn't become the thing that rules me? That's right. And now you're touching on, ex- I mean, this is why I wrote the book, man, because this is it. I mean, the moment I can approach myself from this more compassionate, loving model, and I'm gonna sound like some Pollyanna, like love thyself, but like the truth of the matter is, if I can like take myself off the hook and not like, you know, go through my life motivating myself with self-flagellation and feeling guilt and shame about how I react in the world and actually like give myself a break, give mm-hmm. my give that kid like, oh my God, if Bobby took the the wheel of my bus call my life right now, no wonder I'm acting out like that way. You know, because that kid when he was young and he had those kids make fun of him and him being Indian in that little school in New York and like, you know, not having any other I'm like, yeah, I get it. No wonder he's terrified right now. No wonder you don't feel like you belong right now. I got it. Wow. Now, I suddenly have a more compassionate view of how I am, and there's nothing to fix about me. I'm not broken. I don't need to, like, go to years of therapy to solve this. It's just like, wow, that's just my world. Now, well, let's take it one step further. Imagine what that becomes like for you as a leader of an organization, as a father, as a mother, as a son, as somebody in the world. Now, suddenly someone's acting out in front of you. I'm, you know, I'm getting better and better at this going like, God, I wonder what happened to this person. I want, I wonder, I wonder, God, their kid is totally, this has nothing to do with me, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And suddenly now we have a more compassionate understanding of the world. Suddenly we can lead from a place of empathy and actually curiosity rather than coming in with this really critical, harsh, well, suck it up. How can you do it? You're just, it's just, it's exhausting. And I don't know. I, I, I'm at that spot in life. I'm 51 years old and I've been you know, doing this for a long time and I've watched others do the same thing. And, you know, it's arguable to say that you can go through life with that baseball bat and you can, you know, achieve a lot. Yeah. But, man, you don't see a lot of like kickboxers in the park, you know, practicing. You see a lot of people doing Tai Chi, you know, yeah. they're like. You know, they're moving, they're they're using energy differently. And there's just a wisdom in this, I think, that's very, very appealing. And quite frankly, I don't see another way. I, my, the, the, the other way for me led me down a pretty destructive path for myself. So, yeah. It reminds me of, uh, uh, you know, in, in, in AA, they, they, they often, at the end of, the, of meetings, they say, you know, we thought there was an easier, softer way. We found out this is the easier, softer way. That's so right. You may be looking for a shortcut, but this may be the shortcut. Hey, That's I want to, I want to, I want to, uh, something kind of popped into my head. You're talking about these high achievers who have lived and succeeded with the 
with the kid taking over at times. And then you look at history and you see the kings that uh, sometimes oh. allowed the kid to run a little wild were oh. some of the ones that expanded the power of their respective kingdoms the most. Not, mm-hmm. not always for the best, uh, but, but definitely expanded their power. There's a lot of right. people right now who are like, oh, I got a lot of stuff going for me, but I really want to get my career to the next level. Right. Shouldn't I let the kid run a little bit wild and bang people with baseball bats so that I can get there? Uh, what do you say to that? And like, you know, in, in using the kid uh, or having the kid use you to to expand your power uh, a, a little bit? You know, I mean, if that listen, if you're asking that question, if you're really asking that question, you know the answer already because you know you, you know that 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 kid wreaking havoc is not going to really do that great of a job. Mm-hmm. And so it is, or I think if you really do, if you do find yourself in that introspective place and you're looking and have come up against this perceived wall or barrier in terms of taking it to the next level, you can blunt force trauma your way through it. And that might be necessary to some degree. And I will also say that the flip side of that coin has just as much validity and worthiness in terms of a pursuit and inquiry, because ultimately the challenge becomes is what what continues to keep getting shown to us that we want to ignore is that if we don't take care of that part of ourselves, we will get to that next level in this belief that when we get there, we'll have this experience of life. That's why we're doing it. We're going to be, quote unquote, successful, have more money, Mm -hmm. have more respect, admiration, ability to do things. And what has been shown again and again is if you don't match that with an internal alignment, you're going to get there and it's not going to feel that great. We have too many examples of really, really outwardly successful people at the top of their games often themselves. We see so many people that mm-hmm. are addicted to medication, mm-hmm. drugs, alcohol, mm-hmm. sex, divorce. You name it. You're in L.A. You get the whole you see it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, you know, at some point, at, it's like at what price? Or what price are we going to pay for that? These unintended consequences are real. And I'm not saying not to go after those things. I love my stuff. I mean, we were just talking. I'm going to tell you, right? I'm going to go ski for the next mm-hmm. 20 days and then come back for New Year's and then go back out there for the rest of the season. That takes resource. That takes money. That takes you need to be able to create and do those things in life. But if the other side of that coin is not tended to. It just makes for a really tough existence. And look, I mean, most people are not interested in this conversation. But for yeah. those who are that are listening to a show that's looking at a better how, like I said, when you told me about the show, I was like, I got to start listening to it. I love this. So for your listeners, I think they're going to be into this. And I think they can really benefit from this conversation. Uh, I mean, I, I, I do, too. I want to I want to lay out and, and we're going to wrap this up pretty shortly here. But I, sure. I, I want to lay out how to begin to create that that plan and that roadmap. Uh, so, because I think there's a lot of people who, uh, have lived under the kid for a long time. And, and to your point, yes. it manifests itself in all kinds of ways. It manifests right. itself in substance abuse. It manifests itself in, in distraction and procrastination. And sometimes that those distractions and procrastinations are the substances. So I, I, right. I see it. I know, I know exactly that sort of kind of mental avenue that you're talking about. And we, yeah. and you see people do it with social media. I mean, that's yeah. what you're describing. The kid yeah. is 
we usually go to social media to get a mental fix that yep. we're not getting in some other area. And instead of right. staying focused and trying to get it, we distract ourselves. And that distraction, uh, you wake up and uh, you know, 30 years into a career and you go, why am I stuck here? I had visions yeah. of being up there and I'm yeah. stuck here. And it's because you allow those distractions to, to the tail to wag the dog again. So mm. how do we, if we have these patterns in ourselves, how do we begin to find that map so that at least we can understand we can understand where we want to be. Uh, you have to lay that out so that you can get there uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, I think, you know, it's unfortunate, right, that, that you know, so much of life happens, like you got to whack a tree, either physically or metaphorically in some mm -hmm. way, right? It's usually after some big major crisis, breakup, you know, whatever it might be, that you all of a sudden are forced to look at yourself. Right. And you got to be able to tell the truth to yourself. You got to be able to get honest that like, you know, the current path that you're on is unsustainable. You got to get honest about yourself, about some of these things that are going on in your life. I mean, it's I'm telling you, this work is really disruptive to people mm -hmm. that are on their path because you're asking them to give up a safety net that's allowed them to just kind of move along. But, you know, at least I'm moving along. This is like, oh, my God, I don't even know what to do now that you're taking these away from me. And I I can't do these things anymore. So, you know, the first part of this is just recognizing that there is a limitation to the current strategy and that the current strategy has got some some, you know, some there's there's impact and, and the price of that impact is 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 too great at this point to continue down the path. And then it's a indecision, indecision, inaction are both yeah. decisions right. and actions. Correct. Very much so. Very much so. And and, you know, it, it does take some like, you know, moments of, you know, uh, quiet with yourself and, and really some real truth telling and and finding somebody to just talk to. I mean, you know, for so many years, you know, my younger years, I thought I was the only one that was going through a lot of this stuff. And, you know, you start to learn that, wow, more and more people are are experiencing these kinds of things. And there are ways of looking at some of these things. But, you know, these are when you really lay it out, you know, on a piece of paper. And if you can get someone skilled that can help facilitate that. Boy, it's a pretty it's a pretty finite totality of issues that we're faced with individually. And and all of them are extremely like solvable issues. And either it's a perspective change, it's a, a, a framework, it's it's it but it does take something and it is not easy and it is not for the faint of heart. I say like to my it's, it's a courageous inquiry, and you have to be someone that is willing to look at themselves and take themselves on. And I look, I mean, if anyone's listening to this show, they're already that person. So right. no, if you're even here this long in this conversation, you're already somebody that understands this. So what is there to do to break it down? To get tell the truth, to, you know, I had to get to the spot. Like, I don't even know who I am. I don't even right. know why I'm doing half of these things. I'm doing them to really just gain the admiration and love of my peers and my parents. I'm just trying to look good for other people. But the my like, I remember, God, you know, I was on my way to Telluride. I was living in Malibu, actually. Um, this was back in 20, 2009. And you know, at the top of Canaan Dune, and I was it was supposed to do this thing with John Gray and blah blah, but there was all this stuff that was supposed to happen, it never happened. And I was driving to Telluride to the Blues and Brews Festival, and I stopped off in Zion. And a friend of mine who I worked with at this place called the Rustler Lodge in Alta, Utah, at the front desk in 1992, was there, and we were talking about it. She's like, guess who's hiring? 
And I was like, who? And he's like, Meg. And Meg is the, she just retired this year as the food and beverage director for this place. And she said, mm. well, Meg's looking for a bartender. And I said, oh my God, who, 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 wait, who, who, what happened? Because the same bartender to this day, John Frawley is still there at the bar from 1992. And Larry at that time had to go away. And I said, my God, I want to go, I want to, I want to take off a year and I want to be a bartender. And I'm, meanwhile, I'm about to turn 40. Right. And I called, my coach at that time and I and she said I've never heard you so excited and I was like I know I go but I can't go take off a year and go bartend I go I'm a consultant I've got a coaching practice I go I you know she's like well listen Shashin here's what I want you to do I want you to write down 10 reasons why this would be the best decision of your life and so I was like, okay, I got it. So I drove from Moab back down to Telluride, the Blues and Booze Fest is going on. And I talked to her and she's like, well, what did you decide? And I said, you know what, I'm going to do it. And I said, you know, it makes a lot of sense. You know, it'll be, there's a lot of really high-end people that, you know, go and visit the Russell Lodge and I'll be bartending and I can still keep my clients and, you know, I'd be working during the day and then I could ski and da, da, da. I had all this rationale and justification and everything. And she said something I will never forget. And she said, awesome, Shashin, good. And she's like, here's the one thing I want you to remember. She's like, for the rest of your life, when someone asks you why you're doing what you're doing, the only answer you need to give is, I'm doing it because I can and because it makes me happy. Mm. And I remember when I heard that at that time, I am embarrassed to say that like, I didn't even, I had no context for what that actually meant. I didn't real I didn't I didn't know that I could just that I could make a decision that didn't have to have a series of justifications and explanations and rationale and all this logic and all this you know whoa and it was literally the beginning and an opening of a doorway into really looking at what makes me happy right but okay but Shishin, you that 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 logic can lead to some pretty dark places too because How so? Tell me. well because because you know if if you are as internally focused as you're talking about and i i, I think you know actually we spend way too much time thinking about what other people will think and i sure. think this is a good antidote to Correct. that th that sort of uh, outward triggering thinking right because Correct. ocean is meant to unpack what you're assuming is something else is going on right. uh with with how people are treating you etc and um and 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 getting yourself out of that and starting to think about like, okay what does shashin really want what does what do i really want to do in any given situation it's good yeah. but there are you can create a great deal of pain in other people uh if you are just doing what feels good in the moment and what brings you the most happiness i think there's there need to be guardrails on that because there are some I mean, there are some people who could be um push that too far a hundred percent right i agree that like if if you're operating from a very selfish like i don't care um and there's a recklessness about that that's true i think the story is more meant to bring up the fact that that here's a thoughtful, rational person that is successful and is doing good in the world. And that 
in a moment of being able to make, I mean, how many times have people, oh, I can never move to LA. Mm-hmm. I'm in New York. My parents are from, oh, you know, I can never move there. Or I can never do, I can, you know, I'm 55 years, I can't go to law school now. I, you know, well, I got kids, my kids will hate me or my this will, we say things as if that's the truth. Like that's really what's going on. And after a careful examination, when we really look at it, there's a possibility that it can work. And I think the spirit of it is, is that, look, I'm, if you're if you're if you're apt to sitting on you know a couch smoking weed and playing video games, this conversation isn't for you. Right. This right. is for somebody that's like, you know, has got it together, but is going to take a risk. And, you know, what that was for me was a little bit of a little you know sabbatical. And it was perfect. And out of that, I moved to L.A. and I it started this whole journey for me. And it was only possible because I allowed a part of me that recognized that my happy place, what brought me joy, that would bring me in my highest and best expression, would be able to be in an environment that was really conducive to my happiness. And that from that place, you know, what I became as a very attractive human being and an opportunity to reset myself and my career, I couldn't have done that if I was worried about what other people thought or what other my clients would think or my parents would think or my society would think. What all of that noise got just 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 got cleared out of the way. And I got to just say, like, wow, you know what? This does make sense to me. And I don't have to explain this to you anymore. I don't Mm. I'm not. My job is not to justify my actions. I am a king that doesn't need to explain oneself. That's Mm. it. So that's really the spirit of that story is to is the flip side of the, you know, the people pleaser. Right, 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 right. To to go the other direction and to start asking yourself those questions. What what makes you happy? You know, and and, and if 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 your career choice is like I've got to climb up the ladder so then I have the resources to then live a particular way so that I can gain the admiration and the respect and live this particular life and show it on Instagram. What I, there's just a lot of confusion mm. in what makes us actually happy that is internally driven versus what makes us happy that is externally driven. And it's a much bigger thing to unpack than we have time for, but right. that's really at the core of the messaging is what is in, I mean, I would argue the three hardest questions to answer, you know, what do you want? Why do you want it? And what are you willing to do to get right, it? Right, right. I mean, if you ask me that right now, it, I would be like, oh, let me let me think about that. And I got a good, but it's it's, it's really this very challenging, I think, existential question when you really strip it down, mm. you know? And so that's that's really the spirit of it. So leaning into that a little bit more to kind of counteract a little bit of the external validation feedback mechanism that's so present in our world today is, I think, a place to, you know, explore and look and spend some time. What do you want? Why do you want it? And what are you willing to do to get there? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, you know, like, like you've said, I feel like you've opened a lot of, of doors, a crack right now, and we could yeah. spend weeks right. just probing and trying to get totally. those doors open all the way to right. get us to the other side of it. Uh, and one of the big takeaways I get, I get from you today is, is that you'll never get fully to the other side of it. You'll get more practiced at opening and closing doors, That's um, right. in your mind, you know, obviously this is, we're talking metaphorically, um, 
So, uh, I am I am going to let you go because your time is valuable. Um, but I'm going to ask you two last questions. Shashin, yes. aside from buying the book, which you use a link to where you can buy it in the show notes, uh, yeah. what can uh, how can people follow up with you? Gosh, you know, shashin.com, S-H-A-S-H-E-E-N is in November.com is the website. It's my Instagram handle is at shashin. There's nothing particularly exciting on there other than pictures of, you know, mountains and rainbows and birds and nature. And, uh, you know, there's some podcasts and some uh, doc, you know, some uh, shows that are on my blog and some writing there that you can read more about. But, uh, you know, as we come into the new year, I'm excited to, you know, start releasing more and more um, of my thoughts and more information. And, you know, I really appreciate the time, Gib, today to be able to talk about something that I think is really important for all of us to hear. I think all, all of us need. I mean, I'm telling you, man, it, the, you, you call it whatever you want, but we're going through an awakening, uh, the great awakening, whatever it is. We're, we're all we're, people are starting to realize, you know, hey, I put, I put my head down and I got to a place in my life that I wasn't right. That I'm, I'm not really happy with. Uh, yeah. and how do I, how do I fix this? And, and what better time than with a, with a giant global shakeup for you to start to move yourself right. towards that place you want to be. So I love that. Um, yeah. I love the ideas that, that you're putting out there. Again, you can buy that book, uh, the, the kid and the King link it in the show notes. So you guys can, you know, begin to unpack this even, even more deeply. One last thing, Shashin, and I yeah. ask it to everybody, what is one thing we can all start doing today that will make our lives a whole lot better? Go outside. Yeah. Just go outside, connect with nature, go, go, go stare up at the sky. The planets are all in alignment right now at this mm-hmm. moment. There's a meteor shower coming up, you know, whatever. Even if you're in a city, there's there's sprouts, there's all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. There's birds, there's people just connect and just just. Just, yeah, connect with nature in some meaningful way. Go, go buy a plant, grow it. Go just under, just right size the pers- just, yeah, get, get connected. That's the place I go, and that's where I get fed, and that's, that helps put so much of my needs, wants, desires, and all of the stuff that runs through my head, the kid running around in circles mm-hmm. in my head. It puts it to rest when I can just be like, wow, there's something else going on out there. Ask nature. Ask the... Ask the powers that be out there to reveal itself. You'll you'll see out there. It, you just ask; it will, it'll show you something. And uh, yeah, go outside. Just go, just look up in the sky for a second and see what's going on there. Look at the clouds. Look at the sky. Look at the sun. Watch a sunset, a sunrise, whatever that might be. Look yeah, at a tree. Sure. I mean, look at yeah, a tree. A tree. It's, uh, yeah. oh, the trees are unbelievable. All right, That's I, right. I, I'm with you on all of that. All right. <laughs> Uh, you also mentioned something earlier that I think you know that uh, a lot of the experts I talk to uh, put out there as as a core practice to bettering yourself, and that is to journal and to journal honestly with yourself. So to take some yep. time, have it yep. in front of you. Uh, I, I want to make sure people don't lose that. Uh, yeah. Where you write, you write honestly about what you're feeling and why you're feeling it uh, in a context where you're never going to show that to anybody. So I think that's that's good. It- yeah, you're never going to show it to anybody. It's not going to get turned into a screenplay. It can be stand, not standard written English. And most importantly, the moment the words in your head end up on paper or on the computer, they stop moving. And that is the critical piece of journaling for mm-hmm. me, is that the thoughts stop moving. And I can then use my mind, my critical thinking to sit and walk through what I've written and ask myself, is this true? Right. Is this real? What is this? What conditioned reality made these words appear this way in this sentence structure? That's the key. Right. And you can, and it's the, it's the first step in a real honest, uh, examination of yourself. That's right. 
Shashin Shah, thank you so much for your time today. I, I feel like, again, we could we could talk for hours maybe on a, uh, maybe we should go skiing uh, <laughs> and, and have some lift, some ski lift time. But uh, thank right. you for being with us today. We really appreciate your time. Thanks, Gabe. A pleasure to be here. Thanks again. That's it for our show today. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like the show, please rate, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, Google Play Store, wherever. It helps us out a lot. If you want to follow up with us, you can check us out at facebook.com slash John Tesh. We're there all the time. We're doing lives, and you can message us there. Uh, John is also on Instagram, uh, at John Tesh underscore IFYL. I am Gib Gerard. You can find me at facebook.com slash Gib Gerard or at Gib Gerard on Instagram and Twitter. And folks, uh, I try to respond to every mention of the show, every DM. Uh, sometimes I, I don't get to all of them, but uh, because ultimately I do the show for you guys. So thank you so much for listening. <laughs>